0: And doing
1: crooked. Crooked, 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 crooked. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife, the Doctor Who Commentary Podcast. Jason, six, uh, no, five episodes of Power of the Daleks we've watched so far. How are you feeling? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's falling asleep, I'm, people.
0: I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I mean, you guys you guys are listening to this probably at lunchtime or in the morning because i know joe puts them up at like half past eight in the morning mm. so i straight away i see comments popping up uh it is now uh 20 to midnight <laughs> and so we are we've done well, we've done five episodes and we are not giving up now we no. will do this last episode
1: i'm losing my voice but i will not give up <laughs> um i mean it's just been delightful so far hasn't it like it is a phenomenal it's, story.
0: It's been great. It's one of my all time favorites. So I've enjoyed every minute of this. <laughs> you are
1: in the unenviable position of having at the end of this. You know what I do. You need to summarize for the world why they need to go and watch Power of the Daleks. So you need to think about that whilst we're talking about this episode. Okay. Oh, no. I knew that was coming. So I've already thought about that one. <laughs> oh, that okay. With. That bit I can do. <laughs> sneaky. Okay. Well, should we skip into episode six before we do lose our voices? Let's go into episode six before we end up talking like this. <laughs> we left off with Daleks conquer and destroy.
0: Indeed. I'm not I'm not sure which one of those they want to do because they do seem to be somewhat mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> are you days- conquering or are you destroying? Because there's not much point in doing the one if you're going to do the other. That's very <laughs>
1: true. Uh, yeah, some days they want to conquer. Some days they want to destroy. Some days they want to seek, locate, exterminate.
0: (laughs) You know. Is it Mission to the Unknown where one of them goes, oh, destroy and exterminate? Yeah. Isn't that somewhat tautological?
1: (laughs) I think the funniest Dalek dialogue is in the chase when they sing the TARDIS song and they're just going, "Ah, ah, TARDIS. TARDIS, TARDIS, (laughs) TARDIS. It's a number one best you know, the number one chart hit in Scaro, you know. Absolutely. Okay. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. I
0: love the subtitle, Theme Music Playing. Yes, it's
1: nice. I I, I, I I sometimes
0: wonder about the subtitles that they put on these because you know subtitles are fantastic. But if you are hard of hearing and always have been or deaf, theme music playing is going to mean bugger all to you. No, I, you I, I know, it it's well.
1: true. <laughs> yeah, so. And I have a very good friend who's deaf who um, points out that sub uh, subtitling is hit and miss at best. Yeah. Exterminate. Annihilate, destroy... I love yeah, the fact that the guys who put this Blu-ray together
0: they're a bit, a bit cheeky on the special features on the surviving footage section. Go on. Because they put this clip in for, that's taken from Blue Peter, so the clip that you actually see goes all the way to having Biddy Baxter's credit superimposed over it because it's actually taken out of Blue Peter rather than Doctor Who. <coughs> But they take that whole exterminate, annihilate, destroy it, and then they repeat it and they just superimpose the power of the Daleks by David McGregor episode 6 over the top of it, as if it's surviving footage from episode 6. You've just taken the same footage and stuck those captions on.
1: Sneaky, Uh, but I can see why they did it.
0: I can see why they did it, and I love the fact that there is any surviving footage from it, I just wish there was more.
1: There's um, It's all stock music in this story, isn't it? Chris Barry used a lot of stock music in uh, in the 60s. It is,
0: and that's another piece of excellent choice on this story, was to reuse Tristram Carey's music from the Daleks and the Dalek master plan. Uh, it's brilliant, otherworldly, really atmospheric stuff. I mean, it's one of the things that I love about the Daleks, the first, the first Dalek The
1: music's story. great, isn't it?
0: That music is fantastic and rather like the theme and the opening it's like nothing that's ever been heard it's it's yeah. fantastic you know
1: bit, it um are they used it in this as well where it goes boom yeah. boom i love that music yeah, yeah. Yes, Joe's Incidental Music Hour begins here. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just re-dub the entire thing with you
0: doing the music like that.
1: (laughs) But what happened in The Mutants? Because he had Triscum carry back for The Mutants, and the score for that is just weird.
0: Mm. So here's Bregan again. He's like, here we go. The rebels that I stirred up are then a threat to me, so I'm going to get rid of them.
1: I mean he's just yeah. power mad at this point.
0: He's he's gone com- he's gone completely off the deep end,
1: hasn't he? Oh, I like this scene between him and Janly because she's like okay I'm in danger. I need to doesn't doesn't yeah. he doesn't he get a gun out the drawer when he's he asking does. her. Yeah. I mean that's and and... That, that's very adult, isn't it? it? It
0: is it is remarkably certain. It's like it's it's futuristic, but the guns are very much recognisable 20th century firearms Yeah, and that adds an element of, it takes away an element of camp because quite often you'll have these fantastic sci-fi guns and ray guns and things, but when they've actually got real guns mm. that we recognise immediately as such, like that's adds a bit of reality to it. Um,
1: yeah, look, these are these and are, an awful lot of
0: gunfire in this episode, right. an awful lot
1: of it. <clears throat> and just imagine how stunning this would have looked all on film.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I think that would have looked amazing. I mean, it's. I think they shot this one on film. I don't know whether they they probably still shot it using the video camera, so it probably wouldn't have looked as good necessarily serious if they'd done it all on film. But they captured the footage from the video cameras on film so it's not quite sort of full 35 mil resolution I think that... they cut because there's so much stuff coming up with lots of editing yeah. that it was easier on film than video so
1: i've got a really unfair question for you
0: oh go for it go on we're nearly at the end why not throw an unfair question at me <laughs> so that
1: so that lovely lady whose name i forget who jumped all the episodes yeah yeah she just so happened to keep one episode of power of the daleks um but you're now determining what that one episode is
0: people living on the perimeter in
1: the interior okay what would you choose
0: i would keep episode six yeah me too i would definitely keep episode six
1: i think a lot of people would say episode one
0: no, I, I don't. I know. I think episode six is far more um, exciting, <clears throat> fun,
1: well, I don't know, dramatic. No, what, what about episode four with the the conveyor sequence? You
0: no, know, I would still go for episode six. I think at this point the stakes are up. Everyone's giving it their all. The drama, the drama is top notch here, and everyone's aware that the. the situation they're in, and it's really, really well done. Um, I love fact they all just took up positions. It's like, right, now you can commence exterminations. And now from about here on to more or less to the end of the episode, all we hear in the background is gunfire and people screaming and dying. And I think there are more, I think this has the highest body count of almost any Dalek story until we get to resurrection which just has a ridiculous body count. But up to this point, I mean, the Daleks are killers. They kill people indiscriminately. But up to this point, you generally see them exterminate one or two people at a time. Mm -hmm. Now you've got a whole squad of them going out, just killing everyone in sight. It's not
1: pretty. The difference between this and Resurrection of the Daleks is this has been leading to this massacre. The whole story's been building to this. Resurrection of the Daleks ends with a massacre because Eric's Award can't think of any way of tying of of ending any of his plots aside from killing everybody.
0: Yeah. This is, I mean, this this had the potential to be hugely anticlimactic. You know, the build-up of the army of Daleks... They're going to kill everybody. And what they could have done is like they're going to kill everyone, they're going to kill everyone. And then the doctor stops them from killing everybody. Doesn't happen.
1: I just can't imagine how Terry Nation would object. Such a great ending.
0: At this this point, they are just going out and killing almost everybody. So many people die here. The only the only criticism I'd level at it is that most of the people who die here are people we haven't seen up to this point. They don't appear in the yeah. story until they have to be killed. Lots of extras just come on, shoot at the Daleks, and then keel over.
1: Listen to like you know, their the hysteria and the panic in the performances yeah. here. Like they are in danger. You know it's real. Yeah. And this is
0: unfortunately, I think this is where the animation wasn't quite up to the job because you can imagine the the cuts, the drama, the but, you know, there they just had the doctor trying to push Polly out of a window. And you can hear from her dialogue that she's being pushed out of a window. But basically, he's just giving her a bit of a gentle shove, and she's yeah. kind of bucking a bit. So, uh-huh. And again, I don't want to be too critical of the animation, because it's a really hard thing to do. And I know I couldn't do it. But <clears throat> some of the pacing doesn't quite come off for me in this animated episode. But the episode itself is... It's brilliant. What do you think your guns are for? Oh, well, the guns don't work.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like basically get out there and die. Like, that's what he's yeah. saying, isn't it? <laughs> but this has a pace to it as well. Like, I'm not a like oh. 60s Doctor Who is not known for its pace, is it?
0: No, it, it, it's not. A lot of it is quite pedestrian. Um, but this episode in particular is just, it's really well paced.
1: Jan oh, Lee, you've just Not used me. a Dalek to kill somebody. That means you are, you are now over dead. there.
0: No, no, over there. Not those people.
1: Oh, so now, yeah, that's right. This is where they just start killing indiscriminately, isn't it? Yeah. Gosh, it's dramatic, isn't it? Oh, shit. Your usefulness is over.
0: Uh-huh. I'm going to kill you. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm randomly distracted. I'll kill
1: them instead. Well, quick, run away while he's not looking. <laughs> a Bit like a pantomime, isn't it? Over there. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I think Polly says at one point, doesn't she? They're just killing everybody. It's Oh, here we go. Lesterson's here. Lesterson's
0: gone completely off the deep end by this point. He's just.
1: He's they, gone. They are the new race.
0: Oh, bless you. This is a, this is a good TV trope. that comes up in Doctor Who a lot, and in other programmes where hide behind a desk and no one will see you. I, that doesn't actually have people tried that. It's really hard to hide behind a piece of furniture and not be seen.
1: <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that tomorrow. I'll let you know, all right. Yeah, it, it, it's you
0: know, we duck behind the desk and no one can see us or we talk behind the desk and suddenly the desk is soundproof and no one can hear us either. Um happens a lot. I mean I noticed it particularly in I I used to watch in the nineties and well and still now, um I was a big fan of Friends and Frasier. Uh And they were the worst Mm -hmm. offenders for this because they behave as if standing in the kitchen was in a separate room that no one could hear them from. And friends is all open plan, so there's nothing between anybody on the sofa and the kitchen table, but if they were standing in the kitchen, they could have a private conversation, no one else could hear And Frasier was just as bad because the kitchen, although it was a separate room, one wall was an open shelf that so you know there was no soundproofing there at all, but they behave as if it was a private conversation. And here they're hiding behind a desk and talking, and no one the other side of that desk can see them or hear them.
1: So do you think there's there's an element of like uh expecting goodwill from the audience? Oh definitely. Um I think that's
0: I think that's an interesting thing, that's an interesting point. Um I think, I think I made it off mic when we were talking about In Mysterious Planet, and I think Toby Haydo described it in one of his podcasts as well. Yeah. You kind of want the audience to go with you a bit, Uh and you expect some goodwill from the audience, because if you think about going to a theatre, you know you're looking at the stage, but you accept that the painted scenery is actually london town and those flats are actually part of a house and there's nothing on the floor there's a table in the middle of it and you you accept that we're in somebody's house here but for some reason on television we kind of expect everything to look like it's actually shot in the locations that it's pretending to portray Uh and so we kind of point out well that's obviously a studio flat in the background and that piece of scenery is a bit wobbly and it's like why won't we go with it yeah. to the same extent on a television programme as we will in a theatre? Because it's essentially the same process. It's just they've got slightly different resources for a television set. But they still can't really... Go. I mean, this is there's no such place as this colony on Vulcan. They've built this from scratch. And they've built it on a budget. It's not going to be perfect. No. Yeah.
1: But, but do, we you think, do you think cinema that? had something to do with that? Because obviously films... Are hot. Are do look they've got the money to make it look very realistic so do you think tv suffers in comparison because people expect this, like nowadays people expect cinematic production values from tv shows don't they
0: i don't think it's even that clear division between tv and film because some films don't have the budget to do it effectively and some films do have duff effects and things i mean you know, in the original star wars film sometimes you can see the mat used for the spaceships yeah you know you can see the frame. yeah and but again with film with television you kind of have to go with it because they're not actually shooting these things through they built these things and yet we quite happily point out when there's a wobbly backdrop or something
1: it's and i think it's a weird thing isn't isn't it and and when you point out about the theater where there's there's never any like there's never any suggestion that this isn't a massive illusion that's happening in front of us because clearly you know we're there we're there and part of that illusion yeah you think it's the distance of of watching it on you think it's the distance of like watching it on your tv so this is something that's been made that you're watching later rather than something that's immediate and in front of you (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: it could be an element of that. Uh, oh my God, Bragan, he's just hes desperate now. I
0: look at this, I mean, long panning
1: shots oh, across corridors of just piles of bodies. I don't
0: yeah, think I we've ever seen anything like this in Doctor right. Who up to this point. Not to this degree. I mean, we've seen dead people. Lots of people have died in Doctor Who. But I don't think there's ever been this, you know, absolute massacre of just piles of bodies and we're just lingering over them as the Daleks come and look and see what they've done that's really quite grim quite dark
1: and fabulous amazing (laughs) there's one thing we love as Doctor Who fans this is a high body count
0: oh yeah
1: oh that was Jan Lee it was Oh, this is that scene I was talking about earlier where he's begging with them, you know. You must work for me. Would you mind just turning your guns off, please, and
0: stop killing people? Because you know oh, bless. He just both accept that he's not in control. That's it?
1: the most hilarious thing. He's reached, you know, his apotheosis. He is the governor of the colony that's just been completely massacred. Yeah. <laughs> that's very dark. But it's interesting, the Doctor doesn't really, like, have uh, a solution. He kind of improvises it, doesn't he?
0: He does. Yeah, he does. And what 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 isn't often commented on in this story is that he actually suggests, I need more time. Fregan's guards is a diversion. He actively suggests using people that he knows are going to get killed to buy more time. You know, I don't think we ever see him do that again. No. You know, we know the guards are going to die
1: but I, quite, I quite like that
0: That oh yeah and again I don't think this is something that you would have had in a heart. episode I don't think Hartwell, the first Doctor would have countenanced using a human army to no. divert the Daleks for a bit well I mean only right
1: right at the beginning, do you remember when he picks up the rock
0: in An Unearthly Child Oh, uh, possibly yeah
1: But that's quickly, that's very quickly dispensed of, isn't it? Yeah.
0: By this point, I don't think he would ever have considered using people. No. In a situation that he knows is going to get them killed to buy the time. Later on, of course, he becomes a bit darker and uh, the Doctor character
1: comes, does some very nasty things, really. But at this um, point, this is quite new. In the Highlanders, which comes directly after this, I think he's even weirder in that. He's just like all over the shop in that story.
0: The Highlanders is a weird one. It's one of those stories that I find utterly forgettable. I have seen the recon. I have listened to the soundtrack on a couple of occasions. I still can't tell you the plot of that no, story. I don't know. It up. Either. I can pick out. It, like, it just in- won't go in. And I think I think one of the weird things about it is it's like right. Historical, we're going back in history. What about the Battle of Culloden? That's fantastic. Yes, right. Let's start right at the end when the battles actually happened. Yeah. Okay.
1: I've, we'll write so right, right, something of a.
0: Just finished a battle rather than, you know, the run
1: up to a battle or the actual battle. It's just. And, let's and it write, has nothing uh... to do
0: with the Battle of Culloden because it just happens uh, afterwards.
1: And it's basically like a black comedy, isn't it? It's. With, is, yeah. with lots of very fast, cool scenes. Indeed. Oh yeah. Oh, Lesterson, you gave us life, and now you did. Do you think he died like that in the actual one, where he just stood there, put brought his hand up, and then fell down?
0: I honestly have no idea.
1: <laughs> I know that was a bizarre question to ask you. How would you know that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't alive in 1966. I
1: didn't see it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Some lucky people uh, were
0: though. Oh! We don't get enough. In late in the 60s, it happens a few times. In later in 60s, you don't get enough Daleks screaming and going out of control. They don't do it like, ah!
1: <laughs> see, and this is the reason why they chose to do this on film. It was because yeah. of the extensive effects work at the end with the Daleks all all dying. Yeah.
0: Lots of cutting and blowing up of
1: Daleks and- Gosh, look at that one. That looks so, God, so realistic.
0: It did, it looked fantastic. The animation's great.
1: Oh, well, they love this noise, they still don't got
0: they? got a clip from the end where the Daleks do blow up in the, in the capsule. There's still a clip. So this bit is basically just, this is what we saw. There's there's actual film of this section. But yeah, screaming Daleks, you don't get enough of them. You get them at the end of the Daleks master plan, this one, and of course in Evil, when they get shot, they scream quite dramatically. But in later episodes, they don't tend to do that. And I think that's disappointing, because I love it when they get a good
1: screaming Dalek. I like the one who's on drugs in uh, the Daleks, who goes, oh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Help. <laughs> Help. Help. <laughs> what about the one in Death to the Darlings who's like, female prisoner has escaped. I have, found I have failed. Self-destruct. I have failed. Self destruct. I have failed. I love that one. Oh no, who was that who just died? Oh, that was Valmar killing it's like, Right,
0: let's get rid of the bad guy.
1: That's quite satisfying <laughs> as well, though, isn't it? That it wasn't a Dalek that did it; it was, yeah, one of the people he had wronged. Indeed. I um I was staggered there by how good that uh, the whole sequence of them all being blown up was. The animation. Mm.
0: Yeah, the animation was great. I can imagine it must have looked great on the on the
1: episode itself as well. <laughs> you destroyed the Daleks. Did I do that? I do that. <laughs> Whereas Hartner would be there clutching his lapels going, yes, I have defeated the menace, you know. Yeah.
0: And then he'd give a lecture on, you know, this is how this is how this happened. This happened because you're so wrapped up in your own problems. You should pay attention to what's going on around you. Uh, right, let's go. <laughs> but now it just kind of...
1: I love can they call it
0: to wipe out the damage as well. Yeah. Like...
1: you're alive. <laughs> you're bloody alive, for God's sakes. Yes. Oh, Did this is a very trouton thing, isn't it? Just this, this very trouton thing of, like, let's just get out of it. Let's just go. Yeah. <clears throat> Hartle tended to stay around and say goodbye and make sure things were left, you know, tied up. Well, I mean, I didn't expect the brass bands to be playing,
0: but I wouldn't have thought
1: of thing about anybody. The, um... The photographs that exist of the Vulcan Swamp do, uh, suggest that it perhaps did not look as good as this <laughs> in reality.
0: Possibly not. Possibly not. But again, it's something they tried—a whole, you know, alien landscape. At least they gave it a go, and it didn't. It didn't look like anything that had been seen before either. It's no. with
1: all those weird rock formations. It was new and interesting. Oh, I love this uh, this ending in a minute where it's like, yes, all oh, good. The Daleks have been destroyed, and then the eye stalk starts going out, doesn't it?
0: And again, that's another bit of Tom Baker's narration because it's like, oh, should he hold iron. But Ben was wrong about the Daleks. They would return. Such creatures of hate
1: always return. <laughs> wow, your Tom Baker's great, you know. <laughs> I love it. Yeah.
0: So it's could. it it and there we go, it's all over. And then the, the, the last Dalek <gasps> it's ice stalk has come up again.
1: <gasps> you can still hear the doctor's uh recorder after mm. they've gone, can't you? That's bizarre. Yeah. That flew I mean, by, you know. That that flies but, by. What a fantastic story that is. <laughs> it is
0: just amazing. I love it.
1: Well, you have had 25 minutes to percolate your thoughts and to tell the audience at large why they need to go to their shelves right now grab power of the daleks and put it on
0: well i'm gonna go off on a bit of a tangent here because i'm gonna say don't go and grab power of the daleks right now if you really want to appreciate power of the daleks if you really want to appreciate it and this is something else that came out of my doctor who marathon don't grab power of the daleks grab a load of hartnell stories watch an unearthly child the daleks the dalek master plan as much Hartnell as you can and get yourself into the mindset that this doctor who and then watch tenth planet and power of the daleks because when you watch it all in order like that when i did this with my doctor who marathon power of the Daleks is a real culture shock the series goes off in an almost totally different direction and it has so much more impact if you mired yourself in Hartnell stuff and it gives you I mean you can't ever recreate what it was like to see it in 1966 and if anyone listening to this did see it in 1966 I really hope they comment something about it on twitter yeah. or whatever you can't recreate that but if you watch the Hartnell stuff first and then Power of the Daleks. It has a whole different feel to it than if you just take it out as a story in its own little bubble. So, yeah, don't go to your shelves and grab Power of the Daleks. Watch a whole bunch of Hartnell first, that's, then watch it. That's
1: the best answer I've had yet. Why should they go and do it? They shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of... Um, first. I, I just think it's extraordinary. I really, really do. I I, I think for a six-parter, it doesn't let up.
0: No, um, it absolutely doesn't let up. It's brilliant. It's really well plotted, really well constructed. Performances are all on point. Uh, the dialogue is fantastic. The Daleks are brilliant. Do something new with the Daleks is fantastic. Um, and it is just... As I said at the beginning, I genuinely think it is the single most important story in the history of Doctor Who, because yeah. if this story had failed, we would not be looking at a 60-year legacy of Doctor Who.
1: Well, like like if one of those <laughs> elements had not worked, the scripting, the direction, the performances, <laughs> it could have really flat like you remember what Stephen Moffitt said for the 11th hour? we this one the first one has got to be the best it's got to be good we need to get yeah. them from the start otherwise we've lost them basically and i feel yeah, like they've absolutely. done the same they, exactly the same thing here you know
0: definitely i mean in later in later episodes in later regeneration stories yeah okay you still need to get it right from the beginning because yeah The audience and the fans in particular are not going to forgive you if you get it wrong. Just look at the reaction to Twin Dilemma. Uh, I think the Twin Dilemma was a misstep. But you get a bedrock of confidence in that this is something the show has done before. We've done Regenerations. We've changed the Doctor before. It can work. And people will not like this Doctor, but new people will come in who love this Doctor. So I really love on Twitter the people that... Now there are fans who say they came to the stories because of Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Oh yeah, I love that too. The series is bringing fans in at every stage, every new Doctor is getting new fans, and I love that about it. But in 1966, this had never been done before. Mm -hmm. They recast, they not only recast, they changed the Doctor completely as a character. And that had so much potential to go badly wrong. And yet it was perfect. And it laid the bedrock for everything that followed.
1: And so many people, so many people say Troughton is their favorite. And so many actors that have played the doctor say that Troughton is their favorite. So he, he, you know, he had a stab and it worked.
0: think think what he had on his shoulders on that in that story I mean okay so did the production crew you know but